the story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. The story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. They couldn't score and fell flat. And the 40 shots on goal was 40 shots on goal was a little deceiving. Yeah. And even though they had some really good opportunities, surprisingly, they need to play with that intensity. If those last three, four minutes, the Rangers sometimes don't play at their best level against lower-tier teams. Here's Johnny! Nope, this is Ranger Proud, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, here on the Bleed Blue Show. And here we are, Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, hits the final, 2023 finalists, your Vegas Golden Knights, your Florida Panthers. Uh, uh, Florida Panthers doing it in four games. The Vegas Golden Knights doing it in six games. We'll talk about it, how that match is going to start this Saturday out west in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, should be a, I, th- I think it's going to be a decent series. I think it really is. Uh, the Florida Panthers have been on a miraculous run. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have held down that number one West seed uh, pretty well this this playoff series, and we talk about the matchups. Let's, but let's talk about how they got to this point, uh, how Vegas got past uh, the Dallas Stars, uh, which Game Six looked like Game Three. Uh, I missed a lot of Game Four while away. Caught little tidbits of Game Five when Dallas and kudos to Dallas man. Dallas played. They showed a lot of fight. I think we got to give the Dallas Stars a lot of. Uh, you know, guts for, you know, hanging in there. But those game game three and game six in, in Dallas, that was just <laughs> down three nothing after the first period. It, it, it looked like deja vu all over again for, uh, in both of those games. And as far as um, uh, uh, the Carolina-Florida series, uh, Matthew Kachuk's game went and go with like five seconds left. Like, I mean, they could have drew it up any better, man. And we'll talk about that as well, man, as they get past the Hurricanes. And that, that's a little shocking, despite how we thought, or a lot of us thought Carolina was going to pretty much be a, a six or seven game season at least. But Florida moves on, Vegas moves on. Let's talk about it. Have some fun with it. Uh, uh, the Reed Podcast, we're in the Proud 2023 Stanley Cup uh, Finals episode. Uh, let's bring them on. Uh, Carl, what's going on, man? How's everything? You got what you wanted. You got your Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers, right? Just, I mean, I was hoping for a different result last night, obviously. Um, but hey, listen, you know, you, you tip your hat to uh, to Vegas. They they were a tremendous team. And uh, on the other side, hey, the Florida Panthers. What what a, what a what an amazing uh, run they have. And as we get through this episode here, we'll try to link how those two teams uh, run to the final and how what the Rangers could probably either take or not take from it. All right. Cool. Sounds like a plan. Uh, get Scott starts. Scott, say hello to the people. How you doing, man? And um, study, uh, Stanley Cup playoffs finals. Uh, you still haven't figured out a way to get the Golden Knights out, but you got most of your field <laughs> out. How you doing, man? Yeah, good. Uh, happy Stanley Cup finals, everyone. Um, yeah, not the uh, not the result I wanted. Um, it, that series looks interesting. We had both, uh, you know, one conference finals in the NBA, one conference finals in the NHL. Both uh, look like. Uh, blown three nothing leads or at least became interesting <clears throat> the nba one went to seven but um yeah when when dallas started coming back i mean you know sometimes that's all it takes i mean they they had a close series we talked about that last week with uh the the carolina and uh florida series with even though they got swept uh, you know one thing different in any of those games in carolina could sweep that series that's how close that was uh and 
So it just took that one uh, game four, the OT goal, Pavelski, and then uh, they won handily in game five and said, oh, here we go. They were home, but uh, they just got blown out of the water. Uh, that's a shame. Yeah, I got to deal with uh, one more of my hated teams uh, all the way to the finals. So uh, let's go Florida. I mean, what an incredible story Florida is. Um I mean, you know, clearly no fluke. I think we established they were no fluke uh, after what they did to Toronto. They didn't even have to sweep Carolina to uh, be in the no fluke category, but they did, and they're going to the finals. And uh, this is a very interesting matchup. Uh, you know, I'm all Panthers, of course, but uh, it, it's it's an interesting matchup because neither team was real. Well, definitely the Panthers, but, uh, you know, even though Vegas won their division, um, I didn't necessarily pick them uh, in the West. I liked Edmonton. So you've got uh, uh, a matchup that wasn't supposed to be, uh, and one team's uh, vying for Cinderella sports history, if they can pull it off. So go Panthers. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Carl, let's go to you. Uh, let's talk about what your thoughts on how Florida got through Carolina and, of course, how Vegas got past Dallas, and especially when you really look at the games in Dallas, games uh, – Games three and game six, especially the way they did it in the first period, and just took the will out. And then it was a good couple of saves that really solidified what Vegas did. Uh, where Dallas looked like they were going to have some fight. And then, you know, like like Scott said, the Carolina-Florida game series, even though it was a sweep, it was close in a lot of these games and a lot of overtimes. Matthew Kachuk really stepped up. Duclair early on in the uh, game four as well, getting it all. Uh, Reinhardt's been playing well. Epilot has been playing well. I mean, there's a whole unit. They've been playing rugged, tough, physical hockey, you know, and that's why they are where they are, getting past Boston, Toronto, Carolina. Your thoughts, sir, and how do you look at, you know, how they got to the point, and then how you look at the matchup? Well, well, let me take that Eastern Conference matchup, uh, what you were just talking about first, because, you know, after the game was over and, and the series had gone 4 nothing, Rod Brendamore – uh, in the post game, had a very interesting, um, a very interesting line, uh, and when he said something along the lines of, "This wasn't really a sweep," he said the record will show that it was a sweep. But he felt, in his in his own mind, and maybe to the team's mind, that they were, you know, that the result of four zero was not indicative of how he believed they played, uh, in terms of he think them thinking that they likely, and you know what, they probably did play better than uh, Florida did in those four games. They just happened to lose. And it's hard to, you know, evaluate, you know, because when you go back the next day and you look at the game and you watch the game tape and you see everything that you did well and the game was tilted in your direction, but you end up on the losing end of it, it's not like you can just tell your guys, hey, guys, play harder. <laughs> you know, the results sometimes are the results and you just, you know, you just take it and, you, you know, you move on. And I think that's how Carolina could feel. Now, like if that were the Rangers, and they were swept for nothing, we would treat it as a sweep. We would not necessarily treat it as, oh, these are four games that could have gone in our direction that we probably should have won. It would be, no, the Rangers were swept, and repercussions would come about from it. So almost, it's almost how you perceive, you know, the end result. But, you know, hey, listen, uh, full marks go to, to, to Florida on that. Bobrovsky with, you know, still saving, you know, as I talked about last week, still saving it an incredible rate. You, you figure this has to come down eventually, but he only has to win four more games, I guess, to not have that come into play. And uh, we'll see how that plays out. And then on the other side, you know, on this Dallas series, as I, you know, watched the, you know, the, the whole way, the series to me was lost in the second game 
when they had the game won with five minutes to go and then lost. And then, and unfortunately, and we were on the air when this happened last week, you know, the first five minutes uh, or seven minutes actually of game three basically put them just in a terrible situation from the goal that they allowed uh, about 90 seconds into the game to Ben doing whatever the hell that was in his explanation the, the the series of events that happened between that, him getting ejected, him not talking to reporters after the game because he was hanging in his car. He was being chased by a reporter. Then the next day to come out and give one of the worst explanations to what he did I could ever remember. Um, you know, it, it just put them in a, in a bad situation. And, you know, much like the Boston Celtics did in basketball last night, you know, when you are down three games to nothing and you try to make a rally – you're playing with the law of averages. Uh, you can't afford to do anything wrong in order for you to make a, a comeback of that sort of type. And unfortunately, you know, in game six, again, the first five, six minutes of the game just killed them. And they were being outplayed before the goals. And then when the goals started happening, there was really nothing much they could do. Um, you know, the Stars playoff run, which lasted uh, 19 games, you know, they are a test case in sort of like the idea that, you know, sometimes fans, sometimes, you know, players will throw out about the idea of momentum, quote unquote. And I've always pushed back against that term because in the postseason, each game is its own entity. Dallas Stars never really had a situation during the postseason in which games carried over at all. You know, they would give up big leads. They would give up leads. They'd give up goals. And then they'd bounce back the next game. And then they'd give you a big performance. And then the next game would come out and lose five to three. Ottinger, you really didn't know from game to game, but if you got to the seventh game, he'd give you, you know, a good perform or a big game. Fit five, seven, he'd give you a good perform. There was never any rhyme or reason to anything that Dallas did during the postseason. And so when when I hear that term, I'm always very leery of just the toss of that because folks were throwing that out there after the stars in one game five. It was like, oh, they're coming back home. They've won two games in a row. Everything's gonna be peachy cream until the first five minutes of the game happens and season's over. So you know, that's just kind of one of those deals. And, you know, Vegas, hey, listen, they, they've got some tremendous players. You know, they're on their third head coach now in six years of existence, which is unusual for, for you know, for a franchise that doesn't have much history behind them. But you know what? Listen, they made the decision after last year to, you know, move off of uh, of the Boar, who went to Dallas, obviously, and was facing him in the cup final. They replaced with Cassidy, who got fired from, from Boston. And here he is, one you know, four wins away from a title. So perhaps, you know, as we look at it from a Rangers perspective, you know, just maybe you know, changing the coaches is a very um, risky move to consistently keep churning them out. But in the case of Vegas, it's gotten it's gotten the intended result. And in the case of Florida, I don't know if Ranger fans would would sign up from going from the, having the President's Trophy to being in the postseason for 28 percent of the season to what they've done the postseason. Like you can't that's unexplainable. I don't know what to make of it. And so from, from that, from that end, would, would Ranger fans sign up for the season that Florida Panthers had, or would they have been asking for the coach to be fired halfway through the season? Um, before we go to Scott, I do have a question because I, I got two points I want to ask you. Um, I just realized that Jonathan Marshall saw, you know, what he meant to the Florida Panthers before going to Vegas uh, in the expansion draft, now now has been playing out of his mind. I mean, he was always playing out of his mind, as, even as a Panther. Uh, those years with Gallant, now you know with with, with Vegas. 
Um, you know, it must be, you know, a lot of fans who are tied to him, whatever few fans you can find from the Florida Panthers. Uh, but, you know, I want to know what's going through his mind. But number two, and, and then if you can answer this question, then go to Scott. I, I think this is a legit question because you brought it up as far as Dallas. But I'm looking at more Vegas and Florida perspective because they've done very well on the road, both of these teams. And it's not, and they don't play well at, they don't play as well at home like they have on the road this playoff series. If you look at Vegas, they got off to a slow start versus Winnipeg and really picked it up when those went the games three and four in Winnipeg to take hold of that series. Edmonton, same thing. Um, Edmonton, a lot of firepower, but when they went to Edmonton for games three and four, Vegas. Uh, turns it turns it up when it goes on the road to those middle games. Same thing with uh, Dallas uh, games, you know, games three and six. You can look at Florida with how they did Boston, how they went to Toronto, and and how they went to Carolina and all those overtime. So who has the road advantage, Carl? In your opinion, Vegas or um, or Florida? And then um, you know, the Jonathan Marshall. So I you know I thought it was really interesting that he's playing against his former team in the finals. Your thoughts? Well, you know, on the Marshall point, you know, he was actually a former Ranger uh, farmhand, actually, uh, back in I believe it was 2013. Scott could probably check on this to be sh- uh, to be certain on the on the exact timing, um, but he was a Ranger farmhand. They had offered him a, an entry level contract, uh, and he turned it down because he felt as if he would not have a, a good enough path to make the roster uh, on the pro level. And so he, you know, he went on his own way, become a free agent, bounced around the league, and then was left unprotected in the expansion draft when Vegas took him, which, you know, we were talking about that a couple weeks ago about how the way they did the expansion draft has really sort of changed how the league now looks because of the fact that teams can get good really quickly right out of the gate. And so he has just sort of, you know, continued this ascendance uh, as a player. You know, the Rangers certainly is a player like that guy, you know, on, on the ice you know, to, to, to cause havoc and, you know, be that grit and sandpaper type player. And he, you know, performs at a very, very, very high level. So, hey, all, all marks to him. Uh, as far as the road situation goes, you know, I don't think that there was really any road event. You know, as we have been talking about for the last, you know, six, seven weeks now, the, the road team in these postseason series, I think it may have leveled off a little bit in the second round. But in the in the uh, final round, I think the road team was I think five and four. I have to check that. Um, but it certainly did not matter who was at home and who was on the road on, in both of the series. And I would anticipate that playing again, playing out once again in this uh, Stanley Cup final with both teams being able to be successful on the other team's eyes, no matter how it plays out. So. You know, we've always had that whole thing about, you know, home ice advantage. You know, if you play well, you always say, oh, we, we, we play well at home. But, of course, if you play well on the road, then you don't really worry about it so much. So I think in both cases, hey, just play the games and, you know, just see how it all plays out. All right, right. Do you have a question for Scott? And Scott can answer my question as well. But, Carl, do you have a, anything you want to throw at Scott as far as the, the series? And Scott can give his thoughts on those both of those series and you know, his answers. Yeah, um, Scott, you know, there's been a, a lot of talk uh, in the last couple weeks about, you know, just some of the players that we've been watching in the postseason. Like one of the guys I've been looking at and hearing, and, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about is Sam Bennett, who is, you know, you watch him in these, in these postseason series, and it's just like, man, he's just a gnat. You know, you, you know you, you're, just, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to get rid of him. You're trying to, you know, just get him off you and he's just so annoying and a pest and it's like damn you know you wish you had a guy like that in your team but the problem with that is having 
you know, too many of those guys, you can't win in the regular season with those guys because you, they can't score enough. So how do you, how do you balance having enough of those guys who can win you a postseason series as opposed to, you know, trying to get a roster full of those guys who can't get you through the regular season because they don't score enough? You know, that's an excellent question. Um, yeah, how, it's a double-edged sword. How do you uh, balance between your stars that can score and then your grittiness, uh, you know, that, that wear down teams? Uh, you know, case in point, 94 Rangers uh, in first place running away with the President's Trophy, and Neil Smith makes that trade, trading away Amonti and, um, and Mike Gartner, and everybody said, what are you doing? But he, he knew. He knew they did not have the grittiness and the, and the tenacity uh, to win those back-to-back seven-game series uh, in, in round three and four. So, yeah, um, I mean, that's, that's been a problem with the Rangers for, for so long. Um, you know, we talked about that through the AV era of, uh, of absolutely no toughness. And, you know, they did manage to get to the finals, but they were just beaten to beaten all over the ice by the Kings. And, and there you go. Uh, you know, the, and the problem persisted in, in, until we got Ryan Reeves. And of course we loved him, uh, you know, because of the culture that he changed, but, um, you know, guy like that's too slow. I think our, our fourth line, I loved our fourth line, uh, this year. And I think, uh, I guess I'm kind of dodging the question here. I'd say just the fourth line, uh, you know, those kind of guys, the third line, you know, we, we, we have, um, we don't have your typical third line because your third line is supposed to be like a blend of the two. Um, you know, the, the, the term checking line has, you know, been obsolete for decades. But uh, you know, you, you're 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 grinders, but also guys that can score with a little more um, uh, more frequency than the fourth line. So you know, we uh, you know we had something different. We had a third line who was uh, all finesse and uh, and all offense. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, they were also very tenacious as far as forechecking and uh, and what and whatnot. So I mean, you got to draw the line. I'd say like somewhere in the third line. I mean, we know how important those uh, those bottom six guys are uh, in a long playoff series. And I think. Um, you know that's definitely where Florida is uh, is excelling. I, I noticed that uh, in the Toronto series for the first time. I remember remarking to a friend of mine. I said, "Is Toronto really that awful in their own zone, or is this all Florida just being, you know, pests and just swarming?" Uh, I guess it was a kind of a combination of the two, but uh, more so the Florida part. So. <clears throat> yeah, I, I guess you got to draw the line at like a third and a half. I mean that's where I would put it, but, you know, you, you do want to find that balance between guys, you know, m- the more scoring guys are going to get you to the playoffs and in a good position, um, but then it's those grinders that are going to uh, be every bit as responsible for getting you through a long series. Uh, Carl, I do agree. So, yeah, great, great question. I do agree with what you said about momentum. I've never been a big fan of momentum carrying over from one game to the next. I mean, case in point, uh, look, at, look at our game one against Pittsburgh last year, you know, three overtimes, like 78 saves or whatever by uh, by Igor. You know, how do you mentally recover from that? Well, you go out and win game two. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a game-by-game basis. I mean, you, you hear these players say it all the time. You know, there's no difference between, uh, you know, losing seven to two and losing Losing two to one in four overtimes. It's just one game in the uh, in the bracket. So, yeah, I, I agree there about the uh, about momentum not carrying over. Scott, do you and think one? Let me go ahead, go ahead. Uh, see, let me follow up. With... 
you were mentioning just you know that 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 kind of find that middle ground with, with between you know like a third line or fourth line to be able to have these kind of sandpaper. Do you think that at least one player, if not two, have to be your best among your best players, as opposed to having basically the ninth, tenth, and eleventh guys trying to do this? That one of those players just kind of has to be like one of your six best players. Uh, yeah, that begs the question. Um, it, it, it's good to have some serious talent there on the back six. You know, we talked about Boston with, you know, that was so deep that they had Taylor Hall, uh, you know, a legit sniper. He's certainly not the, uh, the grinding and, uh, you, you know, the, that, that kind of guy. He's, uh, you know, he's an off and F sniper. They had him on the third line. So, um, it's going to be very interesting to see what the Rangers do uh, next year because I think the kid line uh, is finally done. I mean, if if at least one of those guys is not top six next next year, we got a problem. Plus, with Tarasenko and you know most likely Kane leaving, we're back in the same right wing hole that we were to start the last season. So that means Kako is definitely on the top six, if not Lafreniere, and I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely good to have some good talent. That's why we love the kid line so much. <clears throat> um, you know, as, as a whole, not this playoffs, obviously, but last playoffs, as a whole, they were easily the best three guys on the ice, the best line on the ice at all times. Um, you know, I, I don't know about if in each individual guy was, you could say, was our best player. I mean, you could make an argument for Heedle, sure. Um but but as a line, and, and that's something rare, uh, you know, for a line to be like to be that good. Uh, but no one stand. Well, yeah, I guess yeah, Hedo was definitely the standout of the three, and absolutely. So scratch that from the record. <laughs> but yeah, you definitely want. Uh, I, I I I'm leaning more towards having. Um, some serious talent on that third line and, you know, leave the, uh, leave the fourth line business to the fourth line. Uh, speaking of which we're, I, I, we're apparently in a lot of trouble with that line. Uh, uh, you know, Barkley Goodrow, we're hearing his name about the salary cap. I apologize for segueing here, but, uh, that concerns me, uh, cause that fourth line was absolutely amazing. They were the only line that showed up in games five and seven, uh, did what they could, but you know, in the end, they're just the fourth line. Love Barkley Goodrow. Um, you know, it sucks cause three and a half million dollars is nothing, but that's money they can get off the cap and they got to find it somewhere. Um, uh, I would absolutely love to resign Tyler Mott. I don't know if they're going to. I mean, at this point, we just assume that both of them are gone, and <laughs> we are in a lot of trouble next year, I think, uh, unless somebody... Okay, but we can worry about that. We can worry about that. We can worry, we can worry about that after the playoffs. What about the, the, the uh, last two teams that's remaining? What are your thoughts okay. on the matches with those two? Uh, what, the finals? Yeah. Oh, um... Well, like I said, it's, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, we 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 everybody's learned the hard way uh, not to sell Florida short. I mean, we we we're pretty much all in agreement that Vegas is more a complete team. Uh, you know, they're they're just stacked all around. They just score goals like it's their job. I mean, last night they didn't uh, you know they, they didn't just squeak out Game Seven. They they dropped the hammer early in that game and just kept pouring it on. So they are obviously very dangerous with that offense. Jack Eichel is definitely. Uh, you know, reborn to, to the Jack Eichel that, you know, of old. Um, I think uh, Florida's got an easy advantage in goal. Um, 
you know, Bobrovsky is – he may – assuming he doesn't fall apart in this series, he may have locked up mm-hmm. a Conn Smythe win or lose. I mean, you know, we've seen it, what, twice that I think that I know of, Ron Hextall and uh, uh, J.S. Jaguar in 03, uh, you know, losing end goalies that uh, that win the Conn Smythe. Uh, I think if they win, it's absolutely – you know, you can make an argument for Kachuk, but I think this is Bobrovsky's Conn Smythe to win. So they definitely have the advantage there. Um and they're just, uh, you know, Vegas is more flashy with Florida. You know, they, they just they just generate things. They just generate offense. They're phenomenal at turnovers and the forechecking, the things that the Rangers couldn't do um, in, in the last half of that series. Uh, they just force turnovers, and before you know it, it's a shot. And, you know, their shots are finding their way in. They're, they're getting some well-earned blue-collar goals. It's, it's going to be a very interesting series. Um, if I had to predict – Mm-hmm. I honestly, I think no. You know what? I was about to say Vegas. Now I'm going to flip it back to to Florida. Just I was about to say Vegas because I think they're the better team. But if Bobrovsky keeps up the level he's been playing at, uh, I think that is enough of a difference to overcome the advantage in the rest of the team that Vegas has. So I'm um, mm-hmm. going to I'm going to go with Florida, uh, and I think it's going to be uh, you know six or seven. I know that's the uh, you know, the politician's answer, <laughs> not having any balls, uh, you know, six or seven, but I, I honestly believe it's going to go six or seven. Florida. You know, now, you know, I'm watching more Florida in the playoffs now because during the regular season, I only got bits and pieces of them when they were hanging around. So I didn't really see how they really were playing towards the end of this season. We know how they were competing with Pittsburgh for that final playoff spot. Listen, I did not realize how their whole scheme kind of almost flip-flopped for what they were the year they won the President's Trophy. They they got past the Capitals. They they fumbled out out of uh, to the to the Lightning. They were to me they were a, a very offensive-minded team. I thought would have gotten exposed to to a roster like Tampa. That was easy to predict. So, but this version of the Panthers team is not as offensive-minded. They're more gritty, more forechecking, like you guys said, uh, defensive-minded, adding the, you know both the Stahl brothers to the lineup. And I remember all those conversations when, when Stahl left and went to Detroit, uh, he, that he was done, and it's crazy. Now he's in a situation, in a, you know, four games away from a Stanley Cup, uh, that, you know, that Eric Stahl, Mark Stahl, and, you know, Barkov's been around for a while for that team. You add guys like uh, you know, like what Carl said with Sam Bennett, who's been, done a great job in his playoffs. Sam Ryan, who's been an excellent uh, Buffalo Saber. Uh, this is has a grind. This is a very good grind team, and I think that's not going to be an issue when they play Vegas. I think this is just going to be a very competitive game, like, like you guys both been saying, because Vegas is deep and they can score. But I think Florida have seen the two of the three best teams that can score. I mean, I don't think. After seeing Boston, they're going to be phased. Or Toronto, uh, after you know Toronto had the emotional first round victory uh, to get, and then they went to their place and did it no problem. Um, I thought Florida was very good, um, it was, with, especially with the faceoffs, man. It with Bennett, uh, Gudas, uh, Lundell, like they've done a great job controlling the punt off the faceoffs, so that helps them as well. The team is just totally different as far as schematics, as far as uh, more of a defensive team than I thought they would have just, just a season removed. You don't really see how a team goes from pretty much an offensive-minded team, President's Trophy, to this grind-gritted, 
blue-collar team in literally a season. I just don't see that too often. And um, that's what kind of surprised me. And then, and I didn't even expect them to make the playoffs. This is like Carl said. It's just one it, – it's probably the best run ever. It, it could You could really put it that way when you knock off the Boston Bruins in their record season. And then all the guys that they've added and people just wrote off. Like, why not? Why not stop and go through the Vegas Golden Knights? I, I think Florida's going to win it. I, I, I'm going to say, what, six games maybe? I could go seven, but, yeah, I mean, Florida is right. This is what a, the momentum of all momentum. I know you don't, guys don't like that word, but they played everybody tough, and these are incredible teams they, they beat, incredible teams. So, uh, Carl, anything else you'd like to add, man, as far as um, this, this finals matchup? Anything we're missing, uh, you know, Carlson has played well for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Eichel showed up here and there, and it's been a Marshall Soul show. And I know you mentioned uh, Alex Piandrello. He's been playing steady defenseman hockey. Man. Uh, what, is there anything in net for the Golden Knights that we're watching out for that, that, that can uh, go up against Bravosky? Well, what are your thoughts as far as anything else we're, we haven't said uh, in the finals? Well, well you know, when you, when you watch Vegas, they, they, the balance, along the mm-hmm. roster is is very strong to the point where you they don't have a noticeable weakness like you may even look at the goaltender and say you know this guy really you know when you compare him let's say if you're compare let's say in a hypothetical world the, the rangers are playing this team in the final you would say oh well the rangers have the, the advantage in net but really what you find in, out in a lot of these series is that just because you have the advantage in net doesn't really mean a whole lot if the other team has a much more balanced talented roster than yours that kind of negates that. And so he is the, the, the uh, Hill, the Golden Knights goalie, has been, you know, aided. He's made some you know, very good stops on his own. I'm going to give him a little bit of credit. But he's also been aided by the, the fortress that has been in front of him. He's done a very, they've done a very good job supporting him. And if they end up winning it all here, it'll be because of that. It won't be because Hill went out and made, you know, a whole bunch of spectacular plays. And so that's something to, to look at. On the other side, like I said, you just have to wonder, you know, at what point does the does the valve just sort of go off, and you know, the leakage that Bobrovsky has been, you know, the, the barrage of shots that he's been facing and stopping, like when does that end? I don't know if it ends. I would, I would, I'm willing to bet that it probably eventually, at some point, will. And so that's why in, in fourth, and, uh, the, the DraftKings I'm looking at it has Vegas as a minus 130, a very slight favorite uh, in this series. So there's a very good chance that I see this series going the distance, and we're talking about, you know, a, a game seven that's sound like a final in about two weeks. So, you know, it's going to be, you know, a good series all around. We may even get a couple of, uh, a couple of overtime games as well uh, in the mix here. Uh, there was, what, two in the last series with, uh, with, uh, with Vegas, and I think two – no, was it three? It was uh, – no, I think no, two with me uh, – in the Florida series against Carolina. So be be prepared, have the coffee up if you drink that, and uh, should be a, a <laughs> tremendous series. <laughs> That's a Saturday night. I'll, I think I'll do that. I'll stay up for Saturday night. And, uh, probably, probably not Saturday. <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, Scott, anything else you'd like to add before we go around for final thoughts? Because, you know, I also wanted to throw in there because the NHL going up against the NBA yesterday with the Vegas Golden Knights and Dallas Stars a half hour before the Heat and Celtics. You know, I know you've been getting on the NHL's case with the marketing, but you thought that was a uh, you know, good job by them, bad job, and, you know, why would you yeah, do that, or you don't? <laughs> ah, 
Thank you for bringing that up because yes, I have not one but two uh, oh, two rants to trash the NHL marketing department <laughs> again. Uh, before I get into that, for, uh, first of all, um, Carl, you asked me to uh, confirm what you said about me uh, being a Rangers farmhand, and that was correct. Uh, I was looking that up. Uh, it says here in his player bio on NHL.com, signed with a free agent. Uh, signed as a free agent with well, it says Connecticut of the American Hockey League. I assume that means Hartford, uh, as there is no Connecticut named team um, for the start of the 2011-2012 season. And then he uh, after Connecticut that, he, uh, well, it's a, it just says Connecticut, Connecticut of the American Hockey. Uh, oh, that's an actual team. Yes, the Connecticut Whale is an act. Is, 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 is I don't know if they're still in existence anymore, um, but they were an a they were a, a minor league affiliate. So the state of Connecticut had two teams. Uh, they, had, they had Hartford and and a team called Connecticut. Uh, if you can believe it, <laughs> uh, I don't. But if you say it, I will believe it. <laughs> well, then there may be a third team. Well, that would be uh, the Islanders affiliate, the Sound Tigers. So that would have been a third one. Neither here nor there, but I'm, I'm looking at the standings now, and I, uh, I I specifically did that to see if there was a team called Connecticut. There isn't currently, but yes, uh, 2011-12, who knows? Um, I'll, I'll look that one up some other time. Um, yeah, uh, so I, I, I the, the NHL blew it. Uh, you got one game, uh, you know, a game seven, um, and, and they blew it. Not and putting if they put it on opposite the NBA, you know, they could have done that at three o'clock. Absolutely ridiculous. That's number one. And the Stanley Cup final schedule uh, is infuriating because it's it's all TBS and TNT. They've got nothing, not one game on ABC. And let me pull up the uh, playoffs, Stanley Cup finals. Well, that's because they've pull. arranged it for each year. The, 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 the partner, the TV partner is going to get it. That's how they've arranged that. But are all of these networks owned by uh, by ABC anyway? Hence, why they have them all. No, you no, got... no, no, no. Disney owns well, it, uh... Disney owns ABC, and uh, Warner Brothers owns Turner. Ah, okay. All right. Well, in that case, uh, in that case, the NHL screwed up uh, because now you have um, they signed a terrible contract, and because you have seven Stanley Cup games. Two of them, uh, games one and five, on Saturdays, and n- neither of them are on ABC. So if they're contractually can't do it, uh, okay, uh, I get I, that, that's that's why it is. But the NHL screwed up by signing such a contract that you can't have a Stanley Cup final. You know, one of your championship games, not one of your championship games, on regular network TV. Uh, there's the NHL for you. Oh, I thought you had another so, rant in you. Okay. Well, 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 the first, well, the first one was putting their game seven uh, at the exact same time as the NBA's game seven. That was that was that was rant number one. It was it was a shorter rant. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, they should have knocked uh, that down to three o'clock and put it on ABC. All right, we go to final thoughts, um, Carl. Um, this is the last series, man, and then uh, start Saturday, and then Scott will get your thoughts, and then we'll wrap up, man. Yeah, you know, one player that I have noticed, I'm not sure if you guys have noticed this, and he will be uh, in, in the Stanley Cup final this year, will be Mark Stahl, uh, former Ranger hand from about, you know, for a long, long time, 10-plus years, who's somehow still getting 20 minutes of ice time 
uh, on, on the third pair for the Florida Panthers. Uh, ironically, the Rangers, since letting him go on that third pair line, have not been able to replace him. They keep going in the trade market. They, as you've noticed the last couple of years, trying to get a guy to fill in for those you know, seven, eight weeks of the deadline, then having to replace him eventually and then replacing him again. And the Rangers are in a position again where they have to replace Stahl uh, and, and the minutes that he, has been, that he was giving on that particular side. Now, he was not as good at the end uh, during his tenure with the Rangers than, that he's, than he's showing right now in Florida on a you know, 750K, if you say 750K or 2 million. It's one of the two numbers uh, in terms of what he's getting in Florida right now. But, hey, you know, that, to see you know, what we thought was the end of him when he was a Ranger those last couple of years and to see him still, after all this time, being a productive uh, NHL player, you know, I hope oh, maybe he gets a ring out of this uh, in, in these next two weeks here as well. And then uh, to close it out here, to, you know, to one thing Scott's saying, you know, I know there's this consternation about television and such like that. Uh, the future of sports programming is streaming. Uh, that's coming. They've already started it with some of these games on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, the future of where we are going is streaming. Just ask the NFL, ask baseball, NBA is going to come along with this as well with more games. So while we're, you know, talking about how things are not the way that they would want, the future is going to lean more towards the non-cable and more towards having an Internet connection in your house. That is the truth. And don't forget the MLS with the Apple package. They're on that streaming is too. Shout out to Carl. Thank you, bro. And then, of course, uh, Scott, your final thoughts um, uh, on the Stanley Cup finals, any other rants, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I agree with that as well. The the future is definitely uh, all Internet-based, and, uh, you know, cable's on its way out. You don't need it, but it's not the present. I mean, yes, there are plenty of people, of course, who could do it that way, but you're also losing at this particular point in history. You're losing a ton of people by having, and at least the NHL got that right. At least the NHL didn't have any streaming, only Stanley Cup finals games. Cause yes, uh, seven, five, seven years from now, it may be streaming only, but as of now, you're losing a ton of people uh, if you were to do something like that, and you're losing a ton more by not having it on uh, on network TV. So, yeah, eventually it'll all be uh, it'll all be streaming. And the question is, what what services do you get? Um, you know, it's it's, it's going to get really expensive. I think you know you know the internet everything internet based. You know, unless you're using some kind of illegal feed, illegal streams, uh, the the internet based stuff was the cheaper alternative cable, you know, people's cable bills, $200 a month. Uh, but now since, you know, the, these streaming services are exploding and they've all gotten live sports and, and, you know, their own shows, uh, you know, having to get like the big four uh, streaming services is going to come out to the same thing as cable more or less. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in a few years. And yeah, I, I have no problem with the games on ESPN plus, 
Mike, you know, you got to do it sparingly and, and know your audience. You, you were going to say something, Steve? Yeah, there, there, there are pros and cons to that. The pros, is, I think you were alluding to as far as losing some of the older fans. Like, you, I think that's kind of what you're saying. Because the streaming is yeah. really for the younger people. The younger people love the streaming. But also, the same thing, when, you know, when I brought up MLS a month ago, is this actually could help the NHL where you can stream games in different countries, Finland, Sweden, at a cheap rate. It, it, like, it's nothing. It's peanuts. And so you can watch different sporting events from different countries from across the world that you just couldn't possibly do with cable. So that's the other advantage and reach a you know, bit wider market. So, yeah, the, it's basically the older people are going to have to adjust if you're not already used to the streaming. Yep. Uh, yeah, yep, yeah, well, exactly. I remember there, there was a big to-do when um, – uh, when, when rabbit ears were, were officially done with, because yes, we were <laughs> right. pretty much all. No, you remember that when everything went to digital, because we we were, um, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, we we uh, we were we were on on cable, of course. But you know, your senior citizens that, uh, uh, you know, it was all about the senior citizens. You know, they still use the rabbit ears antenna, and then everything. You know, they 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 got rid of those, and then um, and then yeah. you had the regular cable boxes. You know, remember the uh, little brown boxes with the red numbers on them? The uh, oh, yeah. the ninety eight. Yeah. So and then eventually, you know, and and you know, then they got rid of those, and then everything became digital uh, cable. And, and again, it was they were about the senior citizens. So um, yeah, this is just the next logical evolutionary step um of, of progress um you know it's, you're gonna have your stragglers you're gonna have your your angry uh you know your get off my lawn crowd that either won't do it or refuses to do it doesn't have anybody to show them how to do it but uh yeah this is uh, everything that will be computer-based eventually and then and... there's going to come a time it's going to become a time when you call and i get old and there's going to be something in the future, that's going to replace streaming, and we're going to be those old grumpy men. Hey, you, you don't get rid of my streaming. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Whatever that may be. That's, that's exactly. I was here for the beginning of streaming, and no, this is all I'm doing. Screw off. How dare you take away my ESPN Plus streaming? <laughs> that's going to happen. This is a fact, man. That's just the truth. Yeah, man, enjoy the games, guys. Uh, Vegas and, and Florida. And then we'll rendezvous next uh, Tuesday to see where they are in the series and, and talk about the game action. Shout out to Carl. Shout out to Scott. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And uh, the Ring Podcast 2023 Stanley Cup Finals. All right, guys, take care. Bleed blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue.